Welcome to episode 189 of the Cyberlaw Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're uh, getting ready for our Election Day uh, uh, live uh, uh, broadcast next Tuesday, November 7, Election Day. We'll be talking about election security. Um, so if you get a chance and you're interested in having a beer with other uh, fans of the show, come on by about 5 o'clock uh, DuPont Circle um, offices, and if you want more details or to reserve a space, uh, uh, go to the events page on www.stepto.com. Today's uh, episode is a bonus episode with Representative Tom Graves, Republican from Georgia, who has put forward an interesting piece of legislation, one close to my heart, uh, without further ado, why don't we jump right into the interview. All right, I'm here with Tom Graves, a representative from Georgia, a Republican, who has introduced the uh, ACDC Act, uh, um, which authorizes certain activity outside of your network. If you are under attack uh, and you're trying to figure out who's attacking you or, or put a quick stop to it. Uh, um, and it's a very interesting idea. It now has, I see, um, a Democratic co-sponsor. Uh, and uh, what I thought I'd ask you first is how you got interested in um, hackback or uh, active defense issues. Yeah, well, Stuart, thanks. Um, so this started for me a few years back. Uh, I, I'm like everyone. I, I'm frustrated with all the... Uh, successful uh, hacks that occur, and and yet there's never anyone ever brought to justice. There's no recourse. There's no uh, no one's ever made whole. And um, and so uh, a little while back, we just started asking the questions: what what what's the law say about this? And and what we found is that federal law just has not kept up with technology. And whenever that happens, that puts um, you know citizens at risk or companies at risk. And and uh, we just felt like folks need additional rights and abilities. And so when you review the uh, Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, uh, it's, it's very limiting uh, in what the private sector can do. It essentially says you can't do anything unless you're authorized on a network, and that means you've got to own the network or uh, have permission from the owner, um, which means that everybody is stuck inside their own network. Right. So that is uh, it's a little bit too late then. And so that means somebody's already breached your network. And so the goal is to see how close can we uh, get to patient zero, so to speak, for uh, when an attack, if not before. So our bill is trying to get in front of the attack and to allow uh, industry to um, work outside of their own network when a persistent attack is occurring. And, uh, and it only gives them five exceptions to law. They have to be very responsible. They have to notify the FBI Joint Task Force before they take any action, uh, and uh, and they need to use the tools wisely. Otherwise, they, they're held accountable to current law. So if they cause damage, if they destroy data or cause damage or hurt people, they, they don't have any protection from liability. That's right. There's zero liability protection. They would be subject to current law as it is and face those penalties as they are. However, uh, I, I think this gives industry the opportunity to develop tools that aren't even yet developed and to combat this 
outside of their networks to stop the attacks sooner, to identify or help with attribution, but also begin sharing that information quicker uh, with uh, with the various industries or communities out there so that folks know what's about to come. So let's say you're successful in stopping an attack before it enters your network. Um, that's great, but it should be awesome if you could share that with others before they pivot to another position. Well, it's, it's one of the things that people do when they find they're under attack from a, a, a say, an intermediate uh, uh, server that has been compromised and is um, uh, downloading data from many uh, 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 different victims um, is um, if you can get permission from the person who owns that intermediate server, you can look around and see who else is subject to, you know, who else is sending uh, compromised information down to that uh, uh, server. Um, yeah, so you'll have to forgive the uh, yes, the I, bells there. That, I that apologize. Means, uh, <laughs> the votes and such. And, yes, okay. So I... Uh, when you go into that server, if you have permission, you'll find a hundred other victims, many of whom don't even know they've been compromised. Mm -hmm. And the faster you can tell them they've been compromised, the better. I, uh, but if you, for one reason or another, can't get permission, don't know who owns the, the server, or there's somebody that you can't uh, quickly get in touch with, um, those victims are going to continue to be victimized. So getting that information out is obviously good for the other 99 uh, companies that have been uh, victimized, and there's no other easy way to do that. That's right. And so, um, again, this is this is what's so unique, and it's almost it's what makes this concept provocative just a bit, is that we the paradigm today is antivirus, security patch, firewall. That's what we've been conditioned to do for 30 years uh, because of the Computer Fraud Abuse Act. Mm -hmm. 1986 was when yeah. it was uh, drafted. Um, so this will likely be one of the most major rewrites since 1986 of what you can do with your with outside of your network and within your network. And so uh, what we're doing is allow folks to say, hey, um, when an attack is occurring, this is no different than in the physical realm. If if somebody is is preparing an assault or to rob a bank and the and and you see it's occurring. Um, you should be able to do something about it, right? right? You can't wait. You don't have to wait until they come in the doors and get into the vault and, and take everything before then responding. So it's it's really, for me, this is a slow adaptation to um, the new norm that we're dealing with in this new theater of, of cyber attacks and criminals and warfare. And uh, so these five gentle steps, I guess, uh, are what we're allowing, I think, is a good start to that. Yeah, I, and... Uh, what kind of reaction have you gotten from the Justice Department on this? Because they're the keepers. The computer crime section is the keeper of the orthodoxy on this issue, and they've been pretty skeptical about uh, any kind of activity outside of networks. Yeah, so you know what? There's an appreciation from the administration that so much thought has been put into this one proposal. Uh -huh. we, uh, we actually had a six-month uh, period of time in which we had... Uh, a discussion draft, and we went through three iterations. So this is, in essence, uh, version 3.0 is what we officially introduced. But we had input from stakeholders uh, in industry, academia, uh, uh, think tanks, uh, 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 cyber lawyers, and, and uh, uh, members of policymakers, all kinds of input to get us to this point where we have guardrails in place, right. that it's not the Wild West, and uh, notification has to occur Tools have to be, in, you know, uh, uh, prepared 
to deal with whatever they're going to deal with. But also, I think the Justice Department sees it as an opportunity to create a new deterrent and as well as new identification of who attackers are, where they are, where they're taking information, and who's responsible to bring somebody to justice. So you, you, uh, I assume they're going to at some point comment on the legislation. Uh, uh, but your sense is they, they might not just say, oh, you know, uh, uh, please don't do anything like that. Yeah. No, it is, but it is not that at all. In fact, this is one of the priorities of the administration is how do you deal with cyber? Or how do you right. deal with some of the cyber threats and risks that are out there? Uh, we've already met with some of the, uh, uh, the the policy folks from the administration, and uh, they were very impressed with the thoughtfulness that went into this. That it, uh, uh, you know, that the protections, the liability uh, uh, protections, the the, uh, um, the requirements that are in there, all of these different things. In fact, we included one other. This is bipartisan too mm-hmm. legislation, uh, which isn't isn't often the case in Washington, but right. this is. This is bipartisan, and one of the recommendations that came from Kirsten Cinema, who's my, my co-author, was to allow for there to be like a pilot project within the FBI Joint Task Force that if a company is developing a new tool, they, that they, them. they, they share it with them and say, what do you all think about this? Before we em- employ this, give us your feedback. Is this an effective tool? Uh, uh, would this work? Any flaws in it? Just to get some discussion going on uh, with some development uh, in the future here. I, I, that, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission has something like this, where they have these very broad statutes that it's mm-hmm. easy, you know, anything could violate it. Uh, and if you have what you think is a good idea that's consistent with the law and you want to do it, you can call them, send them a letter and say, this is what I want to do, and I think it should be permissible. And they'll send you a no-action letter that says, if you only do that, and you don't violate any of these other rules, then we're not going to take action against you, even though, in theory, it could violate the, uh, the very broad terms of the rules that we enforce. Uh, um, and that's a little like the, uh, the Kristen Cinema um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, proposal here, which I, uh, I, I think is probably good for the Justice Department as long as they don't feel that if they say yes to one, that they might be stuck with things that they don't anticipate. So, mm-hmm. so they will want to narrow that, is my guess. But uh, um, again, it's voluntary. You know, it's just exactly. another another avenue. Um, I, I'll tell you how far this goes. I was speaking in North Georgia this this past uh, uh, week, earlier this week, and and a local government came up to me, and I and I was actually talking about this. You know, right. it's just one of the things we're working on. A local government of a small town came up to me and said, do you realize every day hundreds of attempts against our local government occur? And it is just crushing us. The resources we have to spend and we have no way to, we don't even know how to respond to it half the time. And they're trying to get in and get personal information of taxpayers, you know, is what they're trying to get. And uh, and they were so grateful. They're like, thank goodness somebody's thinking about what can we do? Because they see themselves maybe in the opportunity in the future being able to hire a company to help them, help protect them when this is occurring. So and is this a, your, your, your vision of how this would work? It's not that uh, the chief information security officer of a, of a school district is just going to start shooting back. <laughs> He's going to hire somebody who has done this a lot, a forensics investigator or uh, an endpoint uh, company, and say, we'd like you to, to use all of your tools, including trying to figure out who's attacking us. I, that's, that's one way I see it being, 
being effective. Uh, I would not recommend anyone who is not trained uh, to attempt to um, leave their system and engage in, in some sort of uh, attribution attempt uh, outside of their system. Uh, it's not wise to do that. Um, if they were to do that they, and, and they failed or they caused harm or damage or something to somebody else's system, even if it is an attacker system, uh, they would be accountable under our current law, but they should notify the FBI prior to engaging. So that's what some of these tools and, and requirements are in place. So one of the things, I, I looking at the law, that uh, I was not sure it was completely applicable was this notice and, and response back. Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I think about what would be useful, and I love your idea of, of, of developing tools because I think we're not developing tools because people are afraid they might not be lawful to mm -hmm. use, so right. they're not going to spend a lot of money on a tool. But one tool that has always struck me as potentially useful is when somebody steals stuff from your network, often they'll take it to an intermediate server and they'll drop it off. And because it's hard for them to keep um, a connection to your network while that's happening, they automate the process. It happens all inside your network. It, it, it gets uh, pulled together, it gets encrypted, and then they actually dial out to their server, uh, log on, and give a password, because it's password protected. All of which is built into the code that you have on your system. You can find, you can extract immediately the logon credentials that they used and you can identify the moment that leaves. I think if you want to get your data back, you've probably got seconds, minutes, uh, not, not 24, 36, 72 hours. Uh, and it would be great to have a tool that says, we detected an uh, exfiltration of data. It went to this place. We've logged you on. This is the, these are the characteristics mm -hmm. of your stolen data. If you want to take it back, you're on the server it's up to you. Uh, as a, now, unfortunately, I think that would be action outside of your network. And I don't think you have time to call the government and tell them you're going to do that. Maybe the cinema uh, approach that says, we've developed this tool and we want to be able to use it, uh, and these are the safeguards, would solve that problem. But I think there ought to be some room for people to say, uh, for the, ju the Justice Department to say, okay, you can use this tool without calling us as long as you use it in this way. Mm. No, that's a great recommendation. That's ex exactly what this legislation, I, I hope, prompts is ideas just like that. That reminds me of the, the one that we did uh, specify, and that's beaconing technology. Right. So you go ahead and you place the beacon in your information, uh, and, uh, and you just... You let the FBI Joint Task Force know that this is a tool we're using. Don't know if it'll ever be taken. Don't know if it'll ever go away, and we have to go find it. But it's an advance notice. In a way, that maybe that's what you're speaking of, the technology you'd be speaking of. It would be very similar. Okay, this is something that if something occurs, this is what our computers will do, our tool will do. I, I think yeah. beaconing might be, it, it, it should be legal now, but right. it, it, uh, people are uneasy about it. But I'm actually deeply committed to this. I probably five, six years ago, I thought this was such a great idea that I um, patented some aspects of beacon technology. So I actually have a patent. It's the only patent really? I have. That's, uh, Congratulations. I, 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 yeah. I'm designed to, 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 to do beaconing yeah. without causing harm. So right. I'm, I'm very high on that. Mm -hmm. uh, if nothing else, it forces the attackers to go e through everything that they've stolen 
you know, as though it had nitroglycerin in it. That's right. right. I, 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 I have to take special measures to make sure that there are no beacons. I've disabled the beacons, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and it's, and it's so good, yeah. maybe uh, yeah, a lot of the tools that are developed are very similar, right? They're yeah. implanted tools that only activate when a certain action occurs. Information leaves right. some sort of room, uh, you know, in, in essence, a cyber room of some sort. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, so why do you think that pretty consistently um, all of the Mike Rogers, the guy who was the uh, chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, the guy who's currently running NSA, lots of people who are close to cybersecurity inside government are, are kind of down on doing, on, on letting companies do more. Uh, uh, how do you account for that? Yeah, you know, I know, I know Admiral Rogers was asked a question um, earlier this year and, and some have tried to tie that to this legislation. Uh, he was asked a question about a hypothetical, uh, about legislation that didn't, that was, had not been introduced or, or mm -hmm. in, in, in fact, I don't know, it really been much mentioned, you know, it's, and it was really, I, I don't know why a member would even ask an admiral a hypothetical question about something that doesn't exist, uh, about a hypothetical situation that may, because it sort of puts him in a bad spot. But what I did find from his response is that I actually agree with him. Quite a bit, okay, and and that uh, his concern was this open platform, wild west, yeah. people just wielding whatever tool they wanted to wherever. We had already taken all of that into consideration, and uh, and I and I think that uh, you know when they have a chance, if they haven't already, to review the legislation, they'll see that wait, there's a there's tremendous parameters in place and guardrails and restrictions and requirements here yeah. uh, that could provide for a very responsible, helpful response. Um, two other points is, for me, the status quo is just unacceptable anymore when, as we relate yeah. to cyber. And so for NSA, they have their hands full with national security, national defense type issues. The private sector has been left to their own. And, and what we're saying is, we're here for you, and this is why. You know, when you think about all these attacks and all the information that's stolen, at the end of the day, the most commonly stolen thing or what's most personal and intimate to my constituents, mm -hmm. and that's their identity. That's their habits. And now it's been their trust. And uh, and that's what we're here to stop. So, uh, and, and I know the Admiral would join me in that same sentiment, that that's unacceptable. So that's, uh, you know, whatever deterrence we can put in place, uh, we want to try to get them out. I, I have been struck by the fact that uh, I think DHS's budget for protecting the entire civilian sector of government is less than the top four banks are spending to protect their own networks. And, and so the, uh, the amount of investment that we could get in attribution technology if people thought it was legal to yeah. invest in attribution technology is really staggering. Uh, uh, and so we're missing a bet in expecting all of that work to be done just by government, which is under-resourced for this. Yeah, you can't do it, and, and we shouldn't expect them to do it. They, they have, uh, there, there is a certain role for government, um, but there's a certain role for the private sector, too, and we expect it in the physical realm for them to protect their assets and property as best as they can, uh, um, and we should expect it the same when it comes to information. So uh, I, I'm pretty optimistic about where this is going, though. I, it's been a really good, positive conversation. Were there some misconceptions and bad uh, 
uh, uh, notions put out early on and some crazy right. headlines. Absolutely. Well, calling it hackback is uh, people call it hackback yeah. because they don't like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they want to. They want to because the next word out of their mouth is going to be vigilante. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And and obviously that we. We don't uh, advocate for that, and, uh, and, and in fact, uh, we prohibit that from occurring in this legislation. Um, but will that occur? Uh, it occurs today uh, without legislation. You know, sure. there, there are certainly individuals that take things into their own hands today, and we don't encourage that. And we want to we want to put some rules in place so everybody knows. Here, 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 here's, here's some good tools and techniques that you can use. Do you worry that if we have rules and government knows about these efforts that if something happens internationally it'll become the responsibility of the US government and that uh, uh, the Chinese or the Russians or the Turks will say uh, uh, you violated international law as a government by letting your citizens do this uh, you know that's not I, that really doesn't concern me right now I, I mean if a foreign entity is sponsoring uh, cyber attacks on US citizens I believe US citizens have have the, they don't know who the tax coming from, and if they attribute it to a foreign, they have to turn that information over to the FBI. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it, it funnels back to the um, the federal government. But nowhere does this legislation allow an individual or a company to take action against right. anyone. And so, to for anyone to suggest that we're saying a company X can go out and attack uh, North Korea if they. That that's not what's happening. You're saying, no, we've identified this is likely the place it's coming from. Here's our information. Now you go get them. We're off to doing what we do every day, and that's selling our products. So how are you doing uh, um, in Congress per persuading people to uh, to come over to your side? You know, it's, it's been really good. So here, here's our plan. Kirsten and I said, look, let's just let it be from the beginning, uh, she and I as the co-sponsors. Mm -hmm. Because we wanted to burden the criticisms and the critics right. and the arrows and just go ahead and take them from the, from the beginning. And then since then, uh, you know, several members have just been coming up saying, hey, I want to get involved. I want to help out. And it's been, we're letting it sort of go one-on-one -on -one bipartisan, you know, Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. We're not so much worried about number of co-sponsors. Right now, it's a, it's a very uh, educational opportunity because this is so new. I mean, you're, right. you're so far, you're, you're years and years ahead of where most folks think on this topic. Uh, so it takes time. So I, eventually, you have to persuade, I assume, judiciary. Yes, judiciary committee. Yep. Yeah. And uh, but we're also working with the White House too, and I think it's important that we not only are we educating members of the House and the, and the committee staff, uh, but also working with the administration too, so that they, you know, because this is one of their priorities as well that we're involved. Right, and this know. is this is an administration that's perfectly capable of thinking outside the box. Yeah. So you know. Telling them, well, we've been doing it this way for 35 years is not a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. So, so I'm encouraged, but this is one of those that just takes time. Um, you know, there, there are ideas that people come up with that move really quickly. I, I, that's not an expectation I have of mine. I wish it would, and, uh, but, but I want to make sure it has the time that's needed to vet it very well. Yeah. All right. Representative Grace, this is a terrific discussion, a deep dive on the ACDC Act. I should ask you, are you actually an ACDC fan? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So which of their songs should be the uh, the theme song of this legislation? Oh, the theme of, song of this uh, legislation. Uh, Dirty Deeds Done Deep Dirt no, Cheap. <laughs> I was going to say Back in Black. You know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. No, but, uh, yeah, that, that's actually, uh, it's funny how the name worked out, but, you know, I guess as we close, um, none of this, 
substitutes for good good cyber hygiene. And so we should never let ourselves um, believe that uh, you know taking care of our stuff online. Quit opening those emails that are from funny addresses that say "Look here" or "Send me ten million dollars." That is uh, not the way not the way to uh, uh, respond to your emails. So good cyber hygiene. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's get to some ACDC. All right. Thanks very much. This yeah. is a great uh, exchange. Thanks, Derek. Thanks. This is terrific. All right. Our thanks to uh, Representative Tom Graves, who did a great job of explaining and defending uh, uh, the ACDC Act uh, and of providing it with a theme song as well. Uh, this has been Episode 189, the Cyber Law Podcast, brought to you by Steptoe and Johnson. Uh, uh, be sure to send us ideas for people to interview, and we will send you a Cyber Law Podcast mug uh, if they come on the show. Coming up, we're going to have Mike Solmeyer of the Belfer Center Cybersecurity Project, David Ignatius of the Washington Post, uh, hopefully Rachel Brandt, uh, the number three official at the Justice Department, will be able to join us for a bonus episode. One of the reasons we do these bonus episodes is we can't plan them because people's schedules are too changeable, so we just release them as uh, bonuses rather than try to stick them into our regular release. Uh, but I'm hopeful that uh, she'll be on uh, um, and uh, we're also pursuing Senator Whitehouse uh, from Rhode Island, a uh, very thoughtful Democrat on cybersecurity issues. Uh, so I, uh, we look forward to you joining us for those and other episodes as we once again provide insights into the latest events in technology, security, privacy, and government.